Well, hello, everyone. The familiar music that you're hearing is a theme song that maybe we should change going into 2021. But we are in the last... Oh, in case you didn't know what you're listening to, this is the Jan Arden Podcast. And today, things are a little bit different. We have gotten rid of Caitlin Green because she decided that she wanted to take a holiday with her husband because she's seven and a half months pregnant. And so I'm here with Julie Van Rosendahl. Is that how you say your name, Julie Van Rosendahl? No. It's Van Rosendahl, but that's okay. Van Rosendahl. Van Rosendahl. Yeah. Julie Van Rosendahl. A rose and a doll. A rose and a doll. Thank you very much. Adam Karsh is in his basement in Toronto. Uh, Julie is in your home. You're in, you are, what part of Calgary are you in? Ramsey. Ramsey. I was going to say Rundle, but that's, Rundle isn't even a thing in Calgary, is it? No, I think it is. Rundle, there's a, there's a Rundle C train station. (laughs) I feel like we might get kicked out of Calgary for not knowing this. Um, no, I think Rendell is a place. Van Rosendahl. Van Rosendahl. Van Rosendahl and Jan Arden were kicked out of Calgary. <laughs> Rosendahl. I'm, I'm never going to forget that now. Rosendahl. Do you t- say that to people all the time? Rosendahl. No, I, I don't. However you, you correct say my name, I don't correct them. You know, unless you say July. I get July Van Rosendahl. I get... What? July? I've been introduced on stage a few times as Juicy juicy van rosendahl which is which isn't untrue it's your stripper name i'm quite juicy if i ever was to be a stripper it would be now that i'm 50 do you remember um yeah 50. molly molly shannon yeah doing her stripper um oh what was her character's name now i forget on saturday Night live i'm 50 sally o'malley i'm 50 now i can be a stripper it's never too late. Listen, when you hit 50, if that's a, if that is not a call to do whatever it is that you friggin' want to do, then I don't know what is because Agreed. you know me, getting older is a privilege. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a wonder. It's it's something that a lot of people are denied. And um I mean it's so empowering. You have all this experience in which to draw from. Women in particular um, sorry, Adam, we're going to go down. We're going to talk about women for a little while, but women in That's particular, fine. well, you have two daughters and a wife, so you need to hear this. I'm surrounded by women. Yes. Yeah. Um, women in particular feel for, for whatever reason, as they get older, they, they feel more and more marginalized um, just because they feel like they're not this perfect uh, part of society anymore or that they're they're not childbearing years anymore or that you know they're they've come to the end of oh I've done this job for 25 years and and this is it for me now I, I need to just mm-hmm. I, I don't know there, there's so yeah. many there's so many reasons why women just feel like they're past their their best before date well and, and youth and beauty are so valued in women right well, and I just think you get more beautiful as you get older. Absolutely. I think we grow into yeah. ourselves. When a person becomes more accepting of themselves, when they start going, hey, this is me, no apologies. When you stop caring about what other people think about you, constantly caring about, oh, what, what do they think of my pants? Well, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't wear this shirt. What are people going to think? I'm, I'm too old to wear this shirt. O-M-G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is ridiculous. I've wasted a lot of my years thinking that way, worrying about what other people think. But don't you feel like 
from 40 to 50, July. Juicy. <laughs> you know, July. Juicy, you know, ju- Juicy Van. <laughs> you know, Juicy Van, when you know. Um, don't you feel like from 40 to 50 was just, uh, and Adam, you can jump in on this too, but 40 to 50, those are big years for claiming oneself, I think. And then 50 to 60, man, it just gets even, it just ramps up even more because I'm going to be 59 in March. Yeah. I like it here. It's great. You're, you nailed it. You're right. That's exactly what, what it feels like. And I, yeah, you know, it was, I feel like 50 was easier than 40. I, yeah. I realize now that all the grown up things that I thought I would have figured out by now, I'm probably not going to. So, oh, well, I might as well just enjoy myself, you know, and do the things that it, and, you know, partly the pandemic has really sort of brought into focus what's most important. You get stingier with your time, right? And, and the people that you spend your time on over the course of your life, I feel like you sort of, you know, <laughs> call your friends a little bit, figure out. Yeah the people who, who you really want to spend time with. And, and you're not so concerned with a large friend group as like a quality friend group. Oh, when you're younger. That's absolutely it. When we are younger, we feel like we need to go to a, to the bathroom in a pack. We need to who wants to pee? I can't need nine, my girlfriends to go with me. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if men aren't like that, Adam. I know men do not need groups to go and urinate. They can do it. You guys can do it on your own. I, I, I can go to the bathroom all by (laughs) myself. I do not need to drag the boys with me. Well, the thing of it is, you know, you do catch yourself in those moments, Julie, when you're like, why have I been so concerned about what other people think about my life and what I do? If you leave a room, you know, with, after having spent time with someone, like a friend, a colleague, uh, if you leave that room feeling anything other than uplifted, encouraged, cheered on, nourished, supported, I'm telling you right now, folks, that is not a friend. If you leave any situation feeling diminished, marginalized, set aside, um, brushed off, get away from them. I know I can just hear a lot of people going, what if it's your sister? Yeah. <laughs> well, then you're stuck. <laughs> what if it's your mother? And I understand that family we are really stuck with, but you still can have boundaries. This is the time of boundaries. I agree. And I think we get better as we age. We get better at seeing that. I think of some of the, the friends that I used to hang out with, and I just didn't see at the time that they weren't great for me. Um, but it's, it's interesting how we always encourage people to get out of bad romantic relationships. You know, if, if you have a romantic partner and they're, it's not a good fit, you're, you're encouraged to end that, but we're encouraged to stick with our friends forever. You know, no matter what you don't abandon your friends. Well, your friends are, your, your friends are equally as important as your Roman, any kind of intimate relationship, just because you're naked with one individual, that that's your relationship, the person that you're sleeping with and intimate with. And that, that does not make that relationship, I think more important than your, your key friendships that you have going through your life. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had friends since I was 10 years old oh, that same. I'm still, that I'm still friends sure. with today. And but it's the breakup, right? Oh, we're, it's terrible not, breaking up. But it's not, but the friend breakup, 
Right. Yeah, There's the romantic breakup. breakup Let's talk about a friend that. breakup is difficult because we're sort of expected to stick with your friends till the end, right? But 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 you grow apart. You become different people. You realize you're not as good a fit as maybe you once were. But that's it's harder, I, I think. Was this what you planned to talk about today? <laughs> no, I mean I, I I have lots of things in the queue, but I mean I think it's important in this time of year, and we've talked about this on the show. You know, I think last week or the week before we talked about, okay, this is the date. Uh, this is as late as you can go for, for breakups at Christmas time. And I think it was like the first week of December, that's the cutoff to break mm. up mm-hmm. in a relationship. In a friendship, though, and you're right, Julie, it does get exceedingly more complicated mm-hmm. to sever a friendship. And I would always say to people, you know, maybe it's time for a break, just like a separation in a, in a marriage or in mm-hmm. a, in a long-term intimate relationship, sometimes taking a break and for people just to stand back time is a wise healer. And, yeah. you know, even to take a break and even to say to a, a friend you've known for 25 years, you know what, I just, let's, I just need to take a break. And to be able to say those things, because I'll tell you what you can't do and you shouldn't do is the silent treatment. People yeah. are not mind readers. Um, you know, you don't want to leave someone going, I have no idea what I did. I, you know, I saw her, she hardly spoke to me and I just don't know what I did. I never want any, I don't want to be on either side of that. I want to always let people know this is what you did. This is why this hurt me. And, and I would appreciate that from you, Julie, if I, you know, I don't know what I could okay. possibly do to you. I can't imagine ever being mean to you, but you know what I mean? Don't no, let I know. people I know leave them mean. hanging, but explain what it is and move on. Is something going on in your life that I need to know about Julie is something going on because you kind of brought this up. You let us down this road. I was going to talk about how to make a candy cane, but Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> make a candy cane. That's an interesting. Oh spot. no. I've got, I've, I've got her thinking about it. You planted the seed, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, trying to navigate that conversation without being hurtful. No one likes to hear that, you know, we're not, I'm not that, I'm just not that into you. It's, it's tricky. Well, as you get older, you do realize my dad used to say to me growing up and I never understood that. If you've got one friend, you're fortunate. If you've got two friends, you're a fool. And I used to, you know, when you're eight. Yeah. When you're eight and what he meant, and I, I'm positive that it must have been an old adage that perhaps his dad uh, shared with him or his mother. And I think for me now, the whole, I think the sentiment behind it was to have one good friend in your life is, is a treasure. Like really someone who knows you to be known is a very special thing as a human being to have someone who knows you and that you open yourself up to and share your life with. And sometimes to have two, I think was like, well, you're foolish to think you can, I I think it was just an old saying, but Hmm. I really understand that more than ever. Um, We are going to come back. Julie Van Rosendahl is (laughs) here with us. Adam Karsh is with us. We've got lots to talk about. Uh, Opening plain doors is something I want to, uh, to talk about when we come back. It's a kind of a funny, cute story. Maybe you guys can help me out and explain why people open plain doors. You're listening to the Jan Arden Show and Podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back 
to the Jan Arden Podcasting Show. I'm here with the beautiful, talented, extraordinarily generous and compassionate foodie, mother, sister, daughter, friend, Julie Van Rosendahl. Adam Karsh, who's also a freaking lovely human being. I'm so lucky oh, to be able to spend my time once a week talking to great people. And I think we've all realized that this has been so important these last eight or nine or 10 months to be vulnerable, to ask for help, uh, which I'm terrible at. I mean, I need to be like laying flat in the ditch with no pants on with, you know, uh, a bleeding skull before I'm like, I think I might need help now. I'm just terrible at it. So thanks for, thanks for uh, being with us today. And Julie, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. We're going to be hearing from you quite a bit here in the next uh, I love it. few months. Yeah. I Caitlin, Caitlin decided to have sex and have a baby. Uh, make a person. Yeah. Brag, brag, brag. <sighs> You know, um, here's a funny little story. I don't know if it's funny, tragic or whatever. I can kind of relate to it because my grandmother, my mom's mom, once pulled the lever on a large jet plane and the door didn't pop open. She didn't go that far, but they had to like, it was probably a 45 minute delay for them to go. But my grandmother had Alzheimer's and it said pull. So why we were in the fricking exit rows beyond me. But anyhow, so two passengers aboard a Delta flight very recently, like in the last couple of days, they were flying to Atlanta. Um, they just opened the cabin door and they actually activated the slide. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. So I have been on so many flights in my life. I'm trying to imagine sitting there, even in these troubled times, you'd already be nervous about flying. So they activated it. The friggin' slide came. Doing, 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 it inflates um, while taxiing to a runway at New York's LaGuardia Airport. So they were going to go from New York to Atlanta. Anyway, um, they deplaned down the slide with a large service dog to add more. Uh, color to this story, a large service dog. See, this is why we're having such a hard time getting our freaking service dogs on planes anymore because they look at us going, oh, yeah, they're going to pull the slide open <laughs> and they're going to slide down. So wow. after the, they, they exited the plane, the aircraft returned to the gate. I don't know if, you know, you detach the slide or what, but all these people are sitting there. Um, they were able to like get it all together and, and take fly to Atlanta eventually, but come on. Wow. And, and the story does not say why. Maybe, maybe they don't know. At least it was on the ground. At yeah. least it was on the ground. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Right? But the they air? were taxiing. That's the, two, the two passengers who opened the emergency, the couple that opened the emergency exit door and slid out have been arrested. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. And, I, and I didn't say anything about the dog. So does anyone know anything else about this story? Because I am so intrigued. I haven't heard. No, this is the first I've heard of it. But I, I have one of my, one of my oldest friends uh, as a pilot and her husband is a pilot um, for WestJet. And some of the stories I've heard over the years are just bonkers. Like, I, I can't believe what people do on planes. Oh, 
I, uh, the, the, the stories, I mean, yeah. it really is something else. Uh, the things people do in movie theaters. Oh, everywhere. All, all public places, right? It, it's, it, you know, any place that you can dim lights or have a place <laughs> to have a place to see. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a little newsworthy thing. The other big thing. And last night I was very disappointed because I wanted to see Jupiter and Saturn lined up in the sky really close together for the first time since I don't know since it's hundreds of years that they mm-hmm. were they look like little double planet or you could actually see them it was there's so much snow here today Julie I'm sure there is for you too oh, Adam, yeah. we are we literally got 18 inches of snow overnight I can't so. even open my gate anyway I had my binoculars ready I did some research a couple days ago of where I would be looking in the sky I got yep. nothing. Did anybody see the Jupiter Saturn? Nope. I went out I for a walk. It. it was, yeah, it's too snowy, which I love. I love all the snow, but yeah, there's no, there's no visibility of stars for sure. I just, I would have loved to see that. And they said binoculars would have done the trick, but they would anyway, Jupiter and Saturn were closer in the night sky um, than they ever have been like in centuries. So it's called a conjunction. The Which one sounds like an eye not... disease. Maybe. Conjunctivitis. That's conjunctivitis. Oh, right, right. Just add an itis onto any word, really, and it's a disease. It is. Panatoniitis. I, I have panatoniitis right now. You've been doing a lot of baking, Julie. <laughs> I just totally changed the subject, didn't I? No, no. I, I, it's good. No, I was just thinking about things that were happening right now. But I do yeah. one, one final thought about the, uh, the stars. So here we are, you know, just about to embark on Christmas time. Um, I think this little happening could have been what they saw, like the star of Bethlehem, maybe, Mm, maybe something really close in the sky. Maybe they saw them really close. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Anyway, for all you, I I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, (laughs) literally the (laughs) bubble. Um, but Christmas was moved by the church from March the 25th to December the 25th. So if anyone's got any questions about Christmas, I listened to a history podcast last night about the top things that you want to know about Christmas. And I want to tell you, before we go to the next break, I was so disappointed about all the things I thought about Christmas. Uh, one viewer or, or listener asked, what, what, what's the importance of the 12 days of Christmas? The, guy, the, the historian guy says, there is nothing. There's no importance. There's no history to it it's just a made-up thing what like, really yeah there's no there's nothing attached to the 12 days of christmas and then the christmas? Fe- when they said that christmas had been moved from march the 25th to december the 25th i don't know i, don't I have know a, i have a tough time with religion at the best of days mm-hmm. but they're positive that jesus was born in the spring and not the winter, but they moved it because it was too close to a pagan holiday and they oh. didn't want, they, they literally wanted to clear space for themselves. So all your listeners, this is not me. This is history. And you know, hmm. when I was a kid, I was kicked out of Sunday school when I was little for saying that Jesus was like a cross between Superman and Santa Claus. Okay. Hang on to that. We're going to come back to that. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast and show. Julie's going to explain more when we come back.
Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Julie Van Rosendahl and Adam Karsh. And Julie, um, you just left us hanging. You told <laughs> your Sunday school teacher that you were, that, what? what? What did you say? So I was like six. And my, my mom took us to, to church when we were little, sometimes, um, you know, because she thought she should expose us to that. And so one, one Sunday at, in Sunday school, one of the, the kids, apparently, I don't remember this. So I just know that my mom telling the story when the kids in Sunday school was saying, like, I'm confused about this Jesus guy, like who, who was he? And I said, he's like a cross between Santa Claus and Superman, which I think is a pretty good comparison. I right? think it's, so I, I, got- I think we actually need a deity that is exactly that. It's a DNA splicing of Santa and Jesus. Yeah. Both are supposed to be, you know, pretty good guys. And and to have them join forces, it's like a great Marvel. Right. Marvel. Yeah. Christmas, Marvel, Christmas movie. I have a teenager, so Marvel, it's Marvel. Anyway, so the, the teacher spoke to my mom after class. And, and I don't think we ever went back. That was one of the points at which my mom was like, yeah. Uh, yeah uh well i i went to a mormon sunday school yeah and um my dad regretted or resented rather having to go to church when he was a kid so when we were like eight or nine and they baptized kids in the mormon church at eight Mm -hmm. which i think is super young you don't really understand it's i I don't think it's anything to do with with their understanding of the church anyway we won't get into that yeah it's not their choice uh, and my dad just said, I resented having to go and you guys can make up your own minds about God. So I never had to go, but I don't, I don't, uh, I just remember being just unsettled by Sunday school. It just yeah. seems so like, if you do bad things, you're going to be punished. punished. Like, I, yeah. The rules. That, mm-hmm. that messaging is so, anyway, I can't, mm-hmm. I, ha- I keep going back to this program I listened to about Christmas and the origins of Santa Claus. So um, there was this whole thing. I mean, Santa Claus is definitely an American invention. Like Santa Claus, absolutely. The United States of America can claim, lay claim to the, that, that version of him, the guy that brings presents. And, but the flying through the sky thing, it, that happened, you know, several hundred years ago. But there was a, a thing in Germany where kids, once again, the religious part of it, we're scared to death. That whole naughty and nice thing. Mm-hmm. If they were really nice, Santa Claus or something. It was like Sinterklaas. a different Santa yeah. Claus. They got a gift from him, but then there was like a witchy version. If you were bad, yes. you got hit. Krampus? Like, was it Krampus? No, I don't think so. Is that I, a thing? <laughs> but it was some kind of. A, I think that's a movie. But it was some kind of a witch. So kids that the naughty and nice thing that's sort of been carried over for the last 300 years can you imagine being a child and yeah. uh, i just if you're if you're really not a good kid there's a witch flying <laughs> and, and crack you over the head <laughs> never mind yeah. the book of lifesavers you can kiss that goodbye yeah forget it no toblerone for you well and the image of santa claus in the red and white suit that was the coca-cola company right is this right uh I think so. I think, I think it, I think so. I think, I mean, it sort of morphed from one image to another, but I think that Coke kind of grabbed on and 
I feel like Caitlin would know all this. Where's Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's probably you know, eating yeah. ice cream and got her feet up and yeah, she's got no, some I get coffee that. on her stomach. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Coca Cola kind of reinforced that image of Santa with a red and white suit. And but just, I mean, but but it makes you think about it. Our whole idea of Christmas, which I mm-hmm. don't mind. I know it's really important to have that time to gather, to spend time with family, to slow down. Um, I think gift giving is, is really important to show somebody that you really care about them and love them. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of gone a little bonkers, the gift yep. giving thing. Yep. But maybe this year there'll be, the tide will turn. I think people are being much more thoughtful about what they're giving and, and giving things that are much more useful Yes. And, you know, instead of just, I think I'll get them a lavender sachet for their underwear drawer. Here, I got it at Shoppers Drug Mart at midnight. Right? I feel like it's not all just, you know, Tim Horton's gift cards and, you know, just the materialistic part of of Christmas has been dialed down quite a bit. And partly it's, it's economic uncertainty, right? But it's just, you know, people really prioritizing who is important, making that effort to connect with them in more meaningful ways. I think. And, um, and shopping local, all the small stores in Calgary I've talked to yeah. are seeing a huge uptick over last year. People are really finally realizing how important it is to keep that, that cash flow within our communities, right. And making an effort to order online for curbside pickup or delivery, or, you know, stand in line to go into the little stores and spend their money where, where it really matters. There isn't a single person in this country i was i mean i was going to say planet on the planet that's not struggling there has been a low grade anxiety and a low grade depression um that really is like nothing we've seen in our generation for sure i think we've heard our parents and our grandparents talk about the depression they've talked about certainly the second world war the first world war um uh, different diseases that have happened. Oh, I remember when chicken pox and the small mm-hmm. and German measles, like I heard those kinds of stories and I don't know why we, this particular generation, and I'm talking about everyone that's kind of alive between 20 and 90. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not 20 and 90, 20 and 70 feel like we're exempt to go through things we're a little bit spoiled. Why not us? We're spoiled brats. I was talking to my my hair highlightist who is <laughs> speaking of spoiled. Speaking of spoiled. Exactly, exactly. Uh over the summer and she she grew up in Poland, you know, and she was saying when we were growing up, we would wait in line at the grocery store for 2 hours and when we got in there there was like tea and potatoes, right? Like and we are so used to all these conveniences and not having to you know, wait in line or, or, you know, people who, who feel like they're oppressed by having to wear a mask. Like, really? That's your idea <sighs> of, of oppression. Let's not even get onto that because yeah, there, but, but really we're just, um, we, yeah, a lot of us have not experienced anything remotely like this yeah. in our lives, but, but, you know, a lot of people have. Um, and so I think it's a really good wake up call. Oh my gosh. You, you talk, you talk to any new uh, citizens, any new immigrants that have come to mm-hmm. Canada uh, at their backgrounds and, and why 
people don't want to leave their homes. This is, this is what people really need yeah. to understand about um, immigration and new, new Canadians, people that seek a better life. Yeah. They don't want to leave their home. They don't want to leave uh, their house or the land that they've had or their little garden, or they leave usually running yeah. in the dead of night, carrying a kid on each hip. Uh, you know, sick elderly people like I, I, the, the vision that people always have. Oh, yeah, they come here because they want all our stuff. And anyway, I won't even get into that, but just how people perceive, um, like what you're talking about, your your friend yeah. from Poland. You, you come, boy. If you could stay home, you would. Yeah, and that's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. And we have so much space. You know, even I can't imagine living in a place that's really high population density, you know, where you're in you're in towers and you have to take an elevator to get down and go outside. You know, we sort of take for granted that we have all this room. There are people in in war torn countries dealing with political unrest and, you know, other huge, huge situations on top of COVID. Oh, I, I think of that all the time. I think of war-torn countries that are mm-hmm. dealing with that, dealing with starvation and all these things, and COVID. Yeah. It just exacerbates everything. When yeah. we come back, I have a really, really good news story to tell you guys. It's an update, and you've got to stick around for this because it's, an, it's, it's just a great story. So when you come back, get ready. Get your tissues out because... This made me cry too. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast and show with Julie and Adam. Welcome back. Jan Arden podcast, Julie and Adam. Um, yeah. What a, what a strange world we live in. And what a year. Ju- Julie made a very quick mention. I know you probably didn't mean to, but of anti-maskers. <laughs> I knew it was in there. The, the anti-maskers. Anyway, so a couple weeks ago, was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week, two weeks ago. It doesn't even matter. Shut me up now because the timelines are so blurred in my mind. I don't know. I, I, I honest to God, I never know what day of the week it is anymore. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like I, I, agree. I thought it was Tuesday for the longest time. And it was like a Friday, like I'm having trouble with it. And it makes me feel like I'm getting Alzheimer's. I'm very worried about myself. Anyhow, it's just the pandemic. A couple of weeks it's ago. Not you. Yes. No, it is. It's yeah. not me, although it could maybe well, it's a little bit me. You. Okay. <laughs> it's so me my too, friend. Though. It is. My friend Lisa was walking down the streets of Calgary, 17th Avenue, doing a few errands, as you do before Christmas. And the anti-masker rally had just gotten out. Long story short, guy came up to her, assaulted her, ripped a big chunk of her hair out of her head, <laughs> took her mask off, scratched her face. Um, and Lisa was really upset because what had happened that Saturday afternoon was that nobody helped her. Nobody asked her if she was okay. Nobody stopped. And Lisa is the most generous, kind person. I don't know what the circumstances were, but nobody paused for a moment to ask her how she was. And she said that was worse than anything else. Fast forward, I do something called cameo videos. And I've done thousands of them. I really have. I've done thousands of them there for your birthdays all the all the proceeds go to animal welfare so it's a really cool thing and i've raised about a hundred and almost one hundred and thirty thousand dollars now for animal welfare doing cameo videos uh they're they're two three minutes long anyway 
two days after Lisa's assault, I received two requests that came through and they have people that request for me don't have a lot of space to tell me what they need. I think it's like 160 characters, which as you know, is not a lot of things to explain, but this woman said, please read both of these don't have room. She's doing as many abbreviations as she can. Um, I don't even know if it was a she actually I'm making an assumption. She said, listen to your podcast about your friend, Lisa. Uh, I want you to know that I care and I'm sorry that she didn't have someone that cared for her that day. She goes, I'm booking two cameos. She goes, you can speak to me or do whatever you want, or you can just say two words. Uh, I'll pay the fees for both of them for the animals. And plus I'm going to tip you a hundred dollars us so that you can buy your friend, Lisa, some flowers. Oh, and oh so I have no idea. Lisa is one of the people in my pod because I live alone. I can have two people. So mm-hmm. uh, my friend Lisa comes, uh, my friend Bev comes because I, I live in a remote area. So it's really great to see them once in a while. Um, when Lisa came over, you know, I asked her how she was doing. It had been like, oh, a week later at this point or whatever. And I just said, Lisa, I've got something to tell you. And so I told her, I explained the whole story about these cameos and this request that this person had made. And Lisa just burst out crying, which made me cry Mm -hmm. because she couldn't believe it. um, That someone had taken the time to go. I don't know why people didn't stop. Everyone's scared. Everyone's scared. I hope you can find forgiveness, but what a cool thing. Hey, what a, what a neat I, people amaze me. They are so generous and kind. Uh, I hadn't heard this story. I, I, I am so upset to hear that this happened to her. I got into it a little bit with some anti-maskers a few weeks ago, but wasn't anywhere near that bad. Well, he had assaulted, he had assaulted uh, two or three other people oh, that day. They've awful. actually caught him and they've arrested him. Good. So that's, that's the update on that story. Uh, when you're going to go attacking people, keep this in oh. mind, folks, that there's something called CCTV. And if you live in a city, you are caught on camera, they say, between 50 and 75 times a day. Yeah. Whether that's standing in front of your ATM, walking in or out of a store, going down a street, every street corner, they have cameras everywhere and they're accessible. So when they knew Lisa's location and they knew they caught the guy. Well, also don't attack people, right? I I had a a similar, sort of similar situation last week. Um, I was driving down 37th and, and a, a gentleman was walking across the street, slipped on the ice, hit his face really hard, oh, trying God. to get up, kept slipping, kept falling. There were people at the, the bus stop. There were people in their cars. Nobody was stopping. Um, so of course I pulled over and put my mask on and got out to help him up. Um, another you young did. woman came over. So the two of us were helping him up, but I think people are scared because of COVID, but seriously, that should not, don't put a mask on your empathy. <laughs> no. Anyway, so we, we, you know, helped him over to sit down, sorted out whether it needed an ambulance. Um, and uh, it, it just, but I think people were not knowing what to do and afraid um, because of the pandemic. And it just, so I'm so sorry to hear about Lisa. I'm going to send her a text as soon as we wrap up. I think there's, you know, there is a lot going on. And people do forget about their humanity, but they also do rise to the occasion. Yeah. And I've seen more good 
and more acts of kindness and chivalry and heroism and community spirit um, than I've ever seen in my life. So I'll tell you, the, we aren't going to succumb to people that are making all their decisions based on fear. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the guy was that ran through the streets and decided to attack women. It's all women because he's a bully and he figured, you know, he would never dare do that to a man because there would have been repercussions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just, um, meeting people like you, Julie, and watching what you've done for food security in the city, cheering people on. I mean, the stuff that you've done, and I've talked about this before, but it is so inspiring and you've inspired hundreds, if not thousands of people to, you know, leave bag lunches on tables and, you know, (laughs) come by. You don't even have to have a kid in school if you want a lunch. And I'll tell people this too, Julie, um, on her social media, you, you posted this thing one day about, listen, if you need anything, whether it's, you know, a few groceries, a little bit of pocket money, DM me, no questions asked. And that gave me a lump in my throat. I'm reading this and I'm going, oh my gosh, to put that out there, I worried about you having 700 people DMing you strangers for, can you have a hundred bucks? But A few. But you know, it's, it's it, you got to look out for the people around you. And like you said earlier, it's hard to ask for help. Yeah, but it's not hard to ask people if they need help. And I, I had a, a few people message me and, you know, explain that, you know, this is happening with work and that's happening and I'm home with a baby and I just, you know, I just need a, a, a couple cookie sheets or whatever. And it, yeah. you, know, you don't need to explain. You don't need to just justify how I much money that. you have has nothing to do with how good a person you are. No. Right. And f- philanthropy and, and being helpful and doing good things is so much more about your time and giving of your time and listening Mm -hmm. and just being available. I think more than anything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I agree. Say what, say what you will about the police. Um, There's an RCMP fellow that patrols my road. His name is Nathan and this is just his beat. And when he's working, he comes down my rural road, maybe, you know, once a day, Sometimes twice a day, if he's got the time, it's a, it's a mile long. It's a gravel road. He's just driving to see. There's a lot of, you know, break-ins out here. Anyway, um, he came in one day to, this was like three weeks ago, just to pick up a bag of groceries for the food bank. I think it was out in Cochrane. And I put together a bunch of stuff and he came in and he picked it up. The RCMP said that they had literally filled like 10 trucks in a couple of days with groceries and they drove around to their constituents and picked stuff up. Anyway, long story, way longer than it needs to be. When I looked out after he'd gone, he had shoveled all my walks. Oh, I think I remember. That's so, so awesome. I love it. He shoveled all my, this is the second time he's done that, Julie. So the first time I talked about this was last year. I looked over there and I'm like, Oh my God, my walks are shoveled again. And my driveway, the little things are the big things. Well, it just makes me feel like he goes, Oh, you can call me anytime. I'll come over and shovel or whatever you need. That's so, so I, I, you know, as much as we tell these stories about, 
you know, Lisa's unfortunate situation. There are so many good people out there. And Lisa said someone did phone the ambulance, right? They did phone good. the police. They might've been across the street at a cafe and kind of afraid to do something directly, but they did call. But anyway, yeah. folks, when you do see stuff, don't, don't be afraid, like help people, help them get up or. Yeah. I know. think sometimes it's it, registering what's happening takes a minute, right? Like, am I actually, am I actually seeing that? Am I, are they shooting a movie? Like it takes, I think it takes a minute for people to sort of assess. <laughs> is this a movie? Is she a stunt person? Is what is she? Oh my I, God, that looked real. <laughs> that almost happened to me in Vancouver. I stumbled upon a, <laughs> Christian Slater was shooting a movie in front of the museum. Yeah. And I thought there was like an actual shootout and anyway, it was a movie, but, but I think it takes a minute to process. Yeah. Right. But yeah, do it. Don't be afraid. Like, but act. even, even this Julie, to be able to say, Hey, are you okay? Exactly. It never hurts to ask. And it's easy. No, to I love that. What did you say? It's not always easy to ask for help, but it's easy to say, do you need help? It's hard for people to ask for help, but it's easy to ask anyone needs help. Do you need help for me to say, does anyone need help? I don't know what yeah. people's circumstances are, Yeah, you know, and you never know because we don't talk about it. We don't, you know, we're not out there saying like, you know, by the way, you no, know, I'm broke and I'm dealing with addiction or I'm dealing with, you know, we just don't know what people are dealing with. So it's easy to ask, are you okay? Do you, do you need anything? And, you know, not making it a big thing, just like, I'm here for you. That's even staying. And we all, we all need help at some point. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't, doesn't matter what your station is in life. This is not a solitary adventure. Um, That's it. Is that it, Adam? That is it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I hope you guys all had a good Christmas. Um, It's boxing day. I hope you have your boxes out. I have my boxing shorts on. Boxing things. And um, I'm very grateful for, uh, everything that I have. I hope you guys had a beautiful day with your kids. I forgot to have kids, damn it. But uh, anyway, thanks for being with us, Julie, uh, Thank you on, this, on this snowy day. Adam, as always, I'll let you get back to eating stuff. Eating. And uh, yeah, I might drive by Julie's house and get one of her panatonis or pana... Panatones. Panatoniitis says. Panatoniitis. I had a panatoni <laughs> removed from my inner thigh a couple years ago. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to, you have been listening to the Jan Arden podcast and show. Happy, happy, happy new year. I won't talk to you guys until after uh, January the 1st. So be good to yourselves and don't be afraid to ask for help. And we'll talk to you soon. Totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.